Hi, everyone. I'm Amy Ferguson, and welcome to the Compliance Insider Podcast, brought to you by Compliance Systems. The Compliance Insider brings you discussions about industry developments that impact your financial institution, with expert guests and analysis to help you navigate change and evolve your business. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy Ferguson, and welcome to the Compliance Insider Podcast, brought to you by Compliance Systems. The Compliance Insider brings you discussions about industry developments that impact your financial institution, with expert guests and analysis to help you navigate change and evolve your business. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Compliance Insider Podcast. In this episode, we have on the phone with us Ben Norquist with Convergent Retirement Solutions and Lauren Bray, Deposit Product Specialist and Counsel with Compliance Systems, about Secure Act 2.0 the changes in store for IRAs and employer-sponsored retirement plans, and the impacts that might be seen by consumers and providers alike. Thanks, Ben and Lauren, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yes, glad to be here. So I want to start with a high-level summary of Secure Act 2.0. Can you hit the major bullet points for us before we get into the nitty-gritty here? I'd be happy to hit on some of them. We should mention that the Secure Act itself, there were about 94 different changes to the retirement plan laws. So there's a there's a whole lot in there affecting a lot of different facets of the industry. But you know, some of the key ones affecting, for example, IRA owners is uh, increased accessibility to retirement savings in the event of uh, things like emergencies, uh, domestic abuse, terminal illness, and federally declared disasters are are some of the the new provisions in the law allowing for penalty-free withdrawals in, in those types of things to really try to uh, minimize concerns people might have about putting money into a long-term tax-sheltered savings environment where they can't get at it. Another big change is the change in the uh, age for taking required minimum distributions. And a lot of changes for small business retirement plans really to create tax incentives to increase participation uh, and adoption of business retirement plans in the small business market. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. So um, I want to start with the impact to taxpayers. What can they expect to experience as the SECURE Act 2.0 rolls out? Um, is there anything they can do now that they couldn't do before? Well, the first two things with regards to withdrawals are individuals who, uh, you know, unfortunately have a terminal illness or in a, a disaster area have more access to their retirement savings than they did before. And that was uh, effective immediately with the passage of SECURE Act. The other big changes for individuals in retirement, historically, people have had to start taking required minimum distributions at age 72 for the past couple of years. That age has been bumped up now to 73. So some individuals who are approaching this year are going to have to take their first RMDs, actually get an extra year to wait until the next year. So there's a delay for some people taking their first required minimum distribution. Yeah, Ben, I think, you know, the really exciting and, and goal of this, uh, of Secure Act 2.0 was really just focusing on the expansion to taxpayers and getting more access for them into the retirement savings market. Absolutely. Because you, you see, you know, they're, they're trying to incent more people to save and then they're trying to eliminate the barriers that have concerned people historically. And I think that's, I think it's really nothing but a plus for the industry. I think it hopefully will, will help get people over the hurdle who've been hesitant to save historically. So what about for financial institutions uh, that provide support for retirement plans? How is this change going to impact them? Sure. Yeah. Some of these um, changes actually came to light quite quickly because there was an effective date of January 1st of this year. Most importantly, um, the change from the RMDH from 72 to 73 um, impacted institutions very early on because you're usually sending out RMD statements at the end of January. These statements are notifying 
plan owners that uh, re are required to take those RMDs out that they are under that requirement this year. So plan owners that were turning 72 this year who under the previous law would have had to take um, RMDs would no longer have to take them because of the upgrade to 73. So very quickly institutions, some had to pivot, pull those RMD statements for um, the plan owners that were turning 72 or possibly even sent them out. Um, thankfully, we got some guidance from the IRS and they are giving um, some extra time to correct those if they were erroneously sent out to those people. But that change kind of hit financial institutions quite quickly because of that quick turnaround. Other changes that are going to update or impact financial institutions obviously include, you know, eventual updates to their documents. There'll they'll be um, updates to disclosure statements um, describing these changes, those sort of things. But more importantly, you're going to see this with really your customers coming in and possibly asking questions about it because they have more opportunities to do different things and have more access because of Secure Act um, to things. So it's a great time to kind of review your research resources, your training, any sort of cheat sheets that you might have to further get this information into your employees' hands or the employees at um, a financial institution just so that they're educated and able to answer these questions when people come in and ask about it. So do financial institutions need to redisclose then as a result of the change? So yes, these changes are quite massive and impact every plan owner of a current plan because of the change in access and ability to do things. So because of all these changes, we're definitely waiting on some guidance from the IRS. The last guidance we have regarding Secure Act 1.0 is guidance we got in August that was extending the time to amend and update new plans to at the earliest uh, was December in 2025. So now that we've got Secure Act 2.0 on top of this, we're really hoping that we hear from the IRS more guidelines on when people have to amend, when they need to get that out there. But I think redisclosure is a good thing to talk about and think about not only for current plan owners, but new plan owners also. So it's a good time to look at what you got going on because of these changes, you'll you'll definitely want to get that information out into the hands, um, especially of new plans opening. And I think you bring up a really good point, Lauren, in terms of uh, you know the distinguishing between the, the new account openings and those that are in existence, because we get a lot of calls, uh, you know, people trying to understand how it impacts existing customers versus new customers going forward. And I know at least from our vantage point, we're typically encouraging clients to first and foremost focus on new account openings and try to get that language updated as soon as possible so that prospectively as you're opening new accounts, uh, those people are, are walking out of the, you know, your institution with, with updated language. And then once you take care of that, then turn towards, you know, what, what do we do with existing clients that are established IRAs, you know, two, three, five, 10 years ago, do we have to update them and what's the timing on that? And then what kind of an amendment or restatement do we want to do things like that? So that actually ties into my next question. Ben, what is the timing for that redisclosure? Um, do you have any advice on how financial institutions might go about doing the redisclosure? Timing-wise, you know, back to the, the issue of new accounts is, is we're, we're talking about as soon as possible, get updated language in your disclosure 
uh, statements so that when you're opening account next week, next month, uh, that's up to date. Lauren had kind of alluded to the fact that we've got some IRS guidance uh, in terms of overall restatements, uh, you know, across the board. And I think Lauren, what did you say? We're, you know, currently the IRS is indicating maybe I could potentially be August latest 2025. But a lot of organizations, because of the breadth, depth and breadth of these changes, uh, are choosing to update clients earlier, you know, by providing updated disclosure language, or in some cases, even new disclosures to existing clients. Part of it is controlled by the IRS because their model language is in most plan agreements throughout the country. And so to a certain extent, we're held hostage by the IRS until they they get around to updating the IRS model language, whereas the disclosure language, on the other hand, is typically controlled by, you know, the forms providers or the, or the financial institution, and they've got more control over that. So that's typically the, the mechanism at, at this point that can be leveraged to, to get up-to-date information out to existing clients. Yeah, and I think that's always good to highlight. I know we get a lot of questions that the plan agreement still says 70 and a half in there. And, you know, the RMD age was updated to 72 back in late 2019 for, for years going forward. So I think it's really good to highlight that, you know, we are kind of held hostage by the IRS, hoping they'll make some updates and, and get us some updated language. But um, the disclosure statements, thankfully, we have some flexibility to get some of those updates out there as soon as we can. Absolutely. Yeah. And what about employer plans? Uh, how are they impacted? Well, one of the things you see in Secure 2.0 is a strong emphasis on really trying to promote adoption of, of business retirement savings plans by the small business market. Uh, we've reached a point where historically a lot of mid to large size companies at this point are sponsoring 401k plans or something, other similar types of plans. But when you get down to that that smaller business community, for example, say under 50 employees, uh, it really drops off. There's a lot less access for taxpayers to to workplace re- retirement savings in the small business market. So they really, uh, really put their money where their mouth is this time around in terms of increasing enhancing uh, some of the tax credits that are available to small businesses. So for example, they doubled the uh, the potential startup tax credit from 50% to 100% up to $5,000 to help small business owners with the costs incurred with setting up a plan. And they also uh, introduced a new funding tax credit where employers can actually get a tax credit for contributions they're making to their rank and file employees. Um, and it gets tapered out over a period of years, but uh, really there's going to be a lot of money available in terms of tax credits to incentivize small business owners to adopt plans like SEP, Simples, uh, 401ks, et cetera. And then a couple of other areas is uh, there's going to be coming down the pike in 2024, for example, there'll be increased funding options for simple IRA programs. And uh, and they've also expanded to allow more Roth funding through these programs as well. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of activity on the small business front in the coming years because of these tax incentives and, and increased flexibility in, in plans like the SEPs and Simples. So before we wrap up, I just want to touch on long-term impacts of this change. You know, I know no one has a crystal ball here, but can you tell us just a little bit about what you think is going to be impactful? Yeah, sure. Um, You know, really, just to circle back, the long-term impacts of this change is going to be the expanded and ease of access for Americans to retirement savings. You know, in, in our current state where we don't see a lot of agreeing um, between both parties, they both came together, and this has been a priority for for you know quite a few past years, and they were able to get it passed. And it really shows the importance of retirement savings in this country and the importance of accessibility to that. So those long term impacts are really the hope to to increase that access and um, ability for Americans to get into the retirement savings. 
you know, one thing I was going to mention real quickly too, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't put it out there. It's uh, it's a change that doesn't kick in for a couple of years now, actually in 2027, but they've enhanced what they call the savers match. Um, it's a tax credit for individuals uh, to create a financial incentive for people to fund an IRA or a workplace plan, whatever it may be. And essentially what's going to be available starting in 2027 is uh, low to moderate income households will qualify for essentially a federal match on their retirement savings. So they could get a 50% match up to the first $2,000 they put into uh, uh, an IRA or workplace 401k plan. And, and the federal government will deposit a $1,000 match, you know, up to $1,000 match for those retirement savings contributions. So I think that, again, that financial incentive has proved to be real popular in the 401k market where a lot of business owners uh, provide a match contribution. And now that that match concept will be carried over to individual taxpayers as well. I think we don't know a lot of the details as to how it's going to work, but it is baked into the legislation and, and will become available in 2027. So more to look forward down the road. Well, lots of great information here, Lauren and Ben. I just so appreciate you coming on the show and, and talking us through Secure Act 2.0. Um, I'm sure our listeners feel the same way. Well, you're welcome. It was a pleasure. Yes, thank you. You've been listening to The Compliance Insider, a podcast about industry developments impacting financial institutions. Thank you for choosing this episode. Please follow Compliance Systems on LinkedIn and Twitter for more news.